With your band coming off the injured reserve. He's starting a walking program now. He's mm-hmm. walking at 100 feet. The Icons, also known as Terry Miller. How is the injury report going? Two more weeks. That's what they said? Two more. Two more weeks till what? Till I can take off the boot. So now is this this is straight boot? This is soft boot? What are we dealing with over here? This is a gel cast that I'm not actually supposed to be wearing right now. I'm supposed to be in the boot. Gel cast is but in I, the house. I sacrificed. I put it all on the line for the ozone. <laughs> he laid it all. It, well, he I left it all out, out on the field. He left it all out on, on the mic. He left it all out on the mic to not catch Mercer. To spigoty spit it. So he could spit it. Uh, and you know what? We got a lot to cover today. First things first, we want to keep talking about these Houston Astros and the Los Angeles oh, Dodgers. Do we have to. Yes, we do because we have a caller. Omar. It's this Troy OG live on the Ozone? It's Troy OG. What it do, baby? And I'm rolling with rolling with my sidekick, Mrs. G. Uh-oh. 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 Wait a second. Is that contrary, Terry? <laughs> this is he. This is Terry. The I am here. He's coming hey, off Terry. the IR. I am the World Series, the Houston Astros 2017 World Championship, Terry. That was in the Houston on the front. Hey, Terry. That was, <laughs> that was a great call on those Astros, bud. Way it was, right? Way to pick them. I was dead you know, on. Here, I was sitting uh, in 2017 with with Omar behind the Astros dugout, and I remember seeing Carlos Correa and Bregman on the on-deck circle, and someone was in the hole, and they were talking about the pitches that were being thrown. And yep. I remember yep. saying, damn, these dudes communicate so well. Like, they're really breaking down someone's mechanics and I forget who was pitching and like and talking about agreeing that, oh, yeah, you saw that pitch. They were identifying what it was. Yeah. And in hindsight, I was like, damn, these dudes are just brazen. Um, it's, it's really disappointing. It's disappointing being a Dodger fan because I spent four months eating my feelings and put on about. <laughs> How did they taste? How did they taste? But, you know, as a red as a red, as a red-blooded American, born and raised in the city of Angels, Ooh. who is married to a woman from Brooklyn, I really feel like my family was robbed the opportunity to see oh, a World Series between the Dodgers and the Yankees. Oh, I know. Now this was my. Now that was my question: Who got cheated worse, the Dodgers or the? Uh, the Dodgers or the Yankees? Neither. And I don't think it's comparable. I mean, I mean, that was in the World Series. Let me go back to what you're talking about about on deck. The really nice professional hitters pay attention on deck and they pass notes and talk to each other. No doubt. But the Dodgers, when we sit next to the Dodgers on deck circle, those dudes are in the stands. They're they're not. Do you only get? Uh, will, you you will you stop it? Will you stop it? Players up there. Will you stop it? You you of all people, you saw you. Terry. Stop it. Terry, you are Terry, you are that brother who is the Bill Cosby apologist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, him, 
I'm not apologizing. What are you talking about? I'm not huh? apologizing. I really don't feel like you the know, Dodgers put up more runs than almost anyone in the division. So if they want to play loose, that's all good. What made them throw the ball around Game Seven? That's what I want to know. Here's what the worst part. Here's what the worst problem is. Them throwing the ball around in Game Seven? No, that the, the, the Houston Astros are like the LAPD. They love <laughs> that's a that's a, for people from Los Angeles though that's a very disparaging they, they, comparison. That's pretty bad. They love to frame a guilty person. They oh had the, they had they had all the talent in the world to win the World Series. They just couldn't help themselves because they are just dirty. <laughs> They're too tempted. <laughs> they could take it. I don't believe that. I believe that they were the better team. I believe that the uh, the Dodgers actually don't play the game the right way. That's why they can't be rewarded with a dub. You got to play the game the right way, regardless. They got Mookie Betts this year, and I love Mookie Betts, but I still don't believe that the Dodgers are going to win. This fool is acting like the Dodgers didn't make it to the World Series. <laughs> hey, this is exactly how he acts. How did the Dodgers? I mean, made the Dodgers throw the ball around? Harry. That's what I want to know. Defense wins. The Dodgers don't play good defense. You have you have outfielders that. Infielders, you have infielders that are outfielders. You got catchers. Terry Altuve could be chewing on your knee, and you'd be like, "No, he isn't." I mean, what <laughs> are you tickles. talking about? <laughs> you know, Terry is dealing with an injury right now. He's got three fractures in his foot, and this is could be payback from his Astro support. We don't know. <laughs> the jury's still out. Meanwhile, he's giving you this contrarian report while wearing a Dodgers shirt and Dodgers hat. Just so you know, yeah, because they got Mookie. Mookie's yeah, the best player. He's, he's the best player in baseball. I, and I always support Mookie. They had that address for less. Who <laughs> 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 just fed you that line? Somebody else fed you that line. I heard. He <laughs> <laughs> you that line. You're right. You're right. With your little hootie and the blowfish hat. Shit. I know you're on the radio, so y'all can't tell, but Harry, where. Terry wears hats that look like he keeps them in his pocket. <laughs> and that's how you keep it 100. I don't want to be fashionable. I want to represent. I want to be this real. Fool, like it's been you are such a hater. You're like, you know what? They were, I don't know about the Dodgers. You know, the Dodgers, the Dodgers have been dominant. You do not have win been your dominant. division so many years in a row. Well, why didn't they now beat the listen, Nationals if they're so dominant? Now listen, now listen, now listen. That's not to say, obviously, that they don't have there's some problems going on, no doubt. (laughs) But they just addressed some of those problems. Let's talk about where the Dodgers are right now. When you introduce Mookie Betts, first and foremost, you never get worse by getting the best player in baseball. And so... No no doubt. No doubt. And everybody... By the way, for no offense to Verdugo, but for... For nothing. Yeah, because Alex Verdugo is not a proven product. Uh, yeah, he he's nice. He's got a great future, but Mookie Brett uh, is the He's president. there now. He's the president. He's already there. And he's you know what? President. And I don't think that it's going to be hard to keep Mookie in L.A., in all honesty. Uh, come on. Uh, pay him. How, how can you not, <laughs> not want to play in the la-la? You don't want to play in L.A., you got a problem. Yeah, just a mental problem I going on. It's just... That's a big check to write, but it's a big check. That's a check. It, that, right? They got it, and they have it. You got to get rid of some of the bumps. Here's my here's right. my conspiracy theory: the McCourts, when they got subpoenaed and they had to turn over everything to 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 the to, to the, the divorce judge, court, they had a Russian psychic on payroll that they were giving three hundred thousand dollars a year to in Boston, whose job was to send positive energy towards the Dodgers. So I think that to spite us, 
they asked the Russian clairvoyant to send bad juju. <laughs> so if if Mookie Betts is bad juju, I'll take it. Are you no, crazy? No, no, it's the past couple. No, it's going to turn around now. By the way, here's the other thing. Stan Kasten is the greatest baseball president in the history of sports. Stan, wow. Stan Kasten's a monster. He's and a I, So I saw Stan. I don't know if I told you this. I saw Stan uh, a couple months back, right around Thanksgiving, at Wally's. And uh, I was having dinner, and I saw him and his wife. I said, Stan, what's up, man? He hung his head. He said, you know what's up. I feel like a loser. I said, geez, Stan, I mean, <laughs> what can you do? It's not, you know, you lost. You guys lost a couple years, but it's not over. He said, yeah, we're going to see about it. I got to make some things happen. It was really like to himself, and this is in public, the high-end wine restaurant in Los Angeles. Oh, and, I know. You're fancy. And then, then he made this happen. <laughs> then he pushed the button on these fools. He did. And, and I really think, despite, we, we, I know you don't have a lot of time, so we're trying to rush through it quickly, but I really think I've never been the biggest David Price believer. Um, oh, I have. I but, love him. Anyone coming out of Vanderbilt is a stud. Yeah, them kids know how to, they, they know how to pitch in Tennessee. David Price is not the same player. ERA was almost five last year. Yeah, but that all that, that's still. Velocity is down. He showed up in 18 when they won the ring. That's, that's and, years ago. And with that, he's never pitched in the National League. And I do believe that he's going to benefit greatly Flat from back. being here. And also, he was in Boston. Like no uh, he's in the or... American League East, which is the toughest of the tough. His whole career, his whole career. Yeah, but now we're There's getting no into the party No break. He's a, he's an upgrade for most of those guys like Rich Hill that they got rid of and Maida and all those guys. But I really don't expect but, a lot. But he'll give you more than most of those guys. But let's look at the rotation now. You're talking about you got. Kershaw, Bueller. Kershaw should be the number two and not the number one. Either way it goes, I'm just laying, laying out the rotation, fool, while you're trying to. Lace this, me up! This, Jeez, this, this guy, Jeez. he's just unbelievable. Jeez. He's got a buzzer in his t shirt, so they're giving him answers exactly. right now on what I'm going to say next. Exactly. This guy. Uh, uh, so you got Kershaw, you got Bueller, you got Price, and then you got, <laughs> in my opinion, who could be better than all of them? You got Dustin May, who I really hope <laughs> they don't play games with. Yeah, they're playing. And P.S. And P.S. You got Urias. Uh, I agree. They play games low key and assassin. Hey, yeah, he is. It's not even low key. They they need to let him pitch. Just plain and simple, they need to let that kid pitch. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. They now I want to and they and they they, they got a they got a reliever that I don't know if they're going to end up having a hard time if they if they that's what I'm saying I don't know if they're going to end up making trying in the the closer or they're going to stick with Ken Lee. I don't know why, but he's. Still- I'm interested to see what the big fella does. I'm giving one last run at the beginning of the year. <laughs> I'm not going to have him on my fantasy squad, but I'm going to give him one last run to see how yeah. Ken Lee if he made an adjustment in the off season. They're going to pick up another arm. I really hope Joe Kelly can figure it out. But look, we're in a good place. Yeah. When when Justin Turner is your weak link, like you you doing pretty well. I think a lot of it has to do with what Terry and I were talking about off uh, off mic. Which honestly is, uh, are they going to play guys back at their right position? Can Max Muncie go to first base? Can yes. uh, uh, can now the Gavin Lux? Yeah, you got Gavin Lux that that showed up last year. Let's see what his full sample size is like. What's going on with Bellinger? Is Bellinger going to be in center? Is he going to be in right? Uh, you know, yeah. I think there's a lot to be determined. And spring training is, I, I think, actually going to be interesting because it's going to tell us a lot this year. I don't right. And when your big again. when your division rivalry is Arizona, you're good. <laughs> you are Gucci with that. Even though I have no idea why Madison Bumgarner wanted to sign with them, but. Hey, to each his own. I mean, well, he ain't coming to the Dodgers, and here's the best part: Puig to the Giants. Oh my God, I love it. Yeah, but they, but the Arizona Diamondbacks picked up Starling Marte. That's big. Yeah, yeah. Arizona Diamondbacks. I don't know. Look good. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. 
I don't know. I, I think the Padres are a bigger are a bigger issue the Padre, than them. If the Padres, you know, you know what? If, Simone has a question, Terry. Oh, Will okay. you stop being so rude? Terry. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Don't ask Terry. She wants to get down to the where the rubber meets the road. How much pressure is Coach Roberts under this year? He should be under a lot of pressure because he doesn't play. The, I, you know what? Unfortunately, he gets blamed for the Dodgers' problems, and it's not him really because they're going with analytics, and he didn't play the game like that. So I wouldn't believe that he actually would coach the game like that. Hmm. You know, because the analytics really hurt the game. This is why you got Max Muncy playing second base. And but there's nowhere in analytics that says bring Kershaw out again in relief, knowing damn well that he's not a relief pitcher. But they, but they they might have went with that. Analytics might have said that. You know, but they. I, I that mean, can't be in analytics. Yeah. That couldn't have been in analytics. I feel like that, 107 like, games with him as a starter. I think that hurts you. You know, Max Muncy does the small things wrong when when he's playing second base. Yes, yes. Look like, I just they don't feel like, like it's fantasy baseball when you fall in love with Lance Berkman and you draft him. <laughs> He might not have it no more. He might not have it no more, but when he had it, he was a monster. He was a monster. Yeah. But you wanted to do a heat check. Uh, Last thing. I know I you got to jump. Last I thing. Give me the Pete Rose. Give me the Pete Rose. Well, give me your no, take. Pete no, Rose no, asking no, for reinstatement. Two things. Two things. The, the Houston, MLB should seize the World Series trophy from the Astros. Wrong. That's one. And two, free Pete Rose. Free no. him. You want a free, free Pete Rose? Him. No. Now, now here, real quick, before you get off, I want you to hear this, because Terry brought up the ultimate point about Pete Rose. You know, I've been about freeing Pete Rose forever. He got the wrong endorsement recently. Here it is. <laughs> Donald Trump backed it. <laughs> that's more so than anything. Usually that's a litmus test to let you know it's the wrong way. Donald Trump thinks that you should let Pete Rose in the hall, and this made me rethink the whole scenario. No doubt. Not only that, like, I think for— <laughs> If the fascist wants it, I can't roll. I mean, Pete Rose, MLB owes Pete Rose so much that, like, they should do promotional commercials with him. Well, listen, if they got A-Rod, hold on a second. If they're willing to have Alex Rodriguez call games and talk to everybody about advice, which clearly he was falsely qualified to give, I can't, I really can't justify Pete Rose not being involved further than he is. I mean, come on, man. It's just, this, it's just embarrassing. It's totally embarrassing. But Pete Rose, he, he went along with what they established. He let them fool him. They told him that if he told the truth, if he came oh, clean. Oh, they tricked him. Yeah, and he, he said that he never had done it before. Then he said they told him if he came clean that they would let him in. He, he came clean and, of course, gave you classic LAPD as well. They gave you great LAPD. <laughs> <laughs> You're convicted. But, <laughs> we got you. Now you get 10 years. And, and let's not – and Uh-oh. Let's be honest. Baseball – this is a dirty sport since the beginning of time. Since the beginning. These players are dirty. Dirty. Ty Cobb would, was a racist You're Packerwood who would yeah. shave his metal cleats down to shank people. Yeah. Willie Mays was on speed. Tim Raines kept cocaine, slid head, yep. fir- head first because he kept cocaine in his back pocket. Yep. Like, this is what they do. They get every hostess at Applebee's pregnant. Like everyone, Miss Simone said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" <laughs> I got to make sure my daughter's never worked there. Then, <laughs> is, hey, well, hey, listen, man, just tell her she needs to. She needs to understand, you know, the difference between you know uh, uh, the line of the shields and Junior and and Corey Seager. Just tell her to aim for the contracts. <laughs> I'll pass. Wow. 
Troy OG, thank you for your brief moment in time sharing your family with us. We hear that the young man has something to say in the back, but it doesn't seem like it's clear just yet what he wants to, what his point is. I'm sure it's a voicing Dodgers support, though. Mm-hmm. Ah, I knew he had something to say. I could hear him. I could hear him. That's nice. <laughs> All right, Joy LG. All right, peace. Love you guys. Bye. Late, bye. Oh, what a fun way to start off the ozone. Uh, came in hot. Yeah, OG came in hot. He was ready. He, he's been on me. He told me he wanted to. Rip me a new one, huh? Well, he told me since the Astros thing that he wanted to get on. And then when they when the, when the the word got out that, that the Dodgers were getting Mookie Betts, forget about it. He was like, I got to get on. Oh, come on. This is big oh. news here. I just still don't think that they're going to win, especially if everything I think is Mookie Betts, in place. I think Mookie Betts is going to help Cody Bellinger so much. I, I just I can't. I can't I speak can it. I don't think you can help him as far as up at the plate because his approach is bad. Well, I think that's where it's actually that's where you can help him is Justin by Turner recognizing and telling him. Yet, yeah, but see, Justin Turner's been there the whole time. Mm-hmm. Cody Bellinger's competed against Mookie Betts, and Mookie Betts got the best of it mm-hmm. with the ring. You know, and, and I think that that composure he's pressure off of him too. I, well, without question, because now and he's the best player on that team. That's it. Yeah. And also, if Mookie can give him information about his outfield play. Mm-hmm. Because one, he can do like he's always done. I mean, he'd have to do for JBJ, but he can do or Andrew Benintendi. He can make up that when you're out there with somebody who's a better athlete than you and that actually has a mastery of the position, they can always help you raise and elevate your game without question. Now, you know, the only difference to me right now is that I would use Mookie in center instead of I would, too. But the only thing but then the, the argument against that as well, center fielders usually get hurt. Yeah, but what can you do? That's a job. You go for it. But yeah. what are they going to do with this plethora of outfielders again? Freaking Gavin Lux, dude. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to boost some guys around. Yeah, because you got Jock Patterson out there still. Now, Jock is still out there. Now, how about that trade that didn't go through? You got A.J. Pollock. Yeah, they got too many guys. And Jock Patterson gave you 36 bombs in platoon work. Yeah. I got to get Jock more ABs. Yeah. In this world of – in this world – yeah, I thought it was 236, something like that. But in this world of – of uh, it's okay to strike out a million times as long as you Perfect. hit home runs. Uh, who else do you want besides Jock? Yeah. Well, I can think of a lot of people I would want besides <laughs> Jock. <but laughs> no, I'm saying in the, in that world of, you know what I mean, where it's Swing okay to do that. Yeah. Feast of famine. In the feast of famine swing in this world. Are we in the feast of famine culture? Nah, some ways. We're in that cancel culture piece. <laughs> so now what do you uh, what do you think about the rest of these moves that took place? Because, honestly, it seems like the Minnesota Twins are trying to put together a winner up there. Yeah, they're trying to put together a winner, but I think the big chip that might fall really, really soon is where will Nolan Arenado go. Yeah. But you know what? For a little while, now for a little while, they made it seem like they were, you know, making it all die down and, oh, it's cool. You know what I mean? Like, oh, oh it's okay. Like he, that's, everything, that's everything is cool now. Nolan Arenado said that he feels disrespected, and I, yeah. and I do believe that he's ready to go. Because he hasn't, the only thing that's holding up a trade is that he has an opt out after 2021, and so if you you trade a bunch of pieces for him, you don't want him to walk away. Hmm. But if he went to the Padres, they don't have any room for him. Who would you move to? Like, you can't move. You can't move anyway. You got Tatis at short. You got Manny at third. Yeah. Unless Nolan decides to play first, and that would kind of be a waste of that great leather. Waste of leather. Yeah. But then if he goes to the Cardinals, forget about it. The Cardinals have, would have everything, literally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they would have to be the front runners to go to the World Series in the National League. I feel like they still need another arm. 
Pitching wise? Yeah. Oh no, they have a bunch of young studs that are over that are proven right now. They actually made noise last year. Mm. And you they got one it. young stud who's proven and made noise last year. And well, he made, and actually Wayne and he made, over and, and he made he made noise in the second half. He didn't make noise the whole time. But they made it to the playoffs. Yeah, but and that doesn't. That's not all of them. Yeah. That you, act, you act like they but got they, a whole lineup. Dakota, Dakota Hudson. He 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 pitched well. They have they have a nice rotation. They're not they're not bad. They're, I'm not saying that they're bad, the offense, but they'll be better than the Dodgers. But to say that they're the front runners for the World Series to go to without the, the arms, series, I don't know. They get, but but the Reds literally have a stacked team now. What do you think about that Red squad? Now, you're biased, so I can't trust you about the Reds. You love the Reds too I'm much. Biased, but I do love the Reds. But the Reds actually stacked up the rotation. If Trevor Bauer remembers how to pitch, yeah, that's a big if. But you got the kid over there, Castile. You got Sonny Gray that, that woke up. Yeah, Sonny Gray seemed like he worked on something with his like his mechanics or now something. Now Joey Votto actually has offensive support. So is it too old though? Is it too late? But, but this is the thing: you don't have to. Does depend he just want to walk? You don't have to depend on him like that now. You don't. You have you have serious sticks in there. The big question is if Eugenio Suarez is ready to go, and he had a shoulder problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they had major pop over there. Yeah, before. But the Braves are real, so I just can't say that. It's hard to call. Yeah. It's hard to call. Nationals. I actually got that front. There's, there's too much confusion going on, but I like the Mets. I do too. I love the Mets. Yeah, especially with Marcus Stroman. Yeah, Pete Alonso. I mean, your boy Cespedes could come back and do. If something. he could just come back and somewhat of himself. Yeah, he's been out for about two years now. Yeah, playing games on the farm. Ah, listen, he's a rich man. He had to go out there. He was <laughs> trying to get his farm game up. What do you want from him? He's farmed the table. <laughs> he was. He wanted to go organic, and he got that it's ankle twist. He needed a jail boot. That's what happened to him. Yeah. <sighs> All right, folks, moving on. We haven't been on the mic for a while, so uh, you haven't heard our take on what happened in the Super Bowl. Want to put together a discussion for you. It's been a while since we've been on, and we haven't had a chance to check in with our NFL expert, Trucker Dave, on the roads of America. How you doing, Trucker Dave? I'm pretty good. What's going on, fellas? Uh, oh, man. You know what? We're nursing T on the injured reserve. He's trying to get himself back together. <laughs> you know, uh, they're going to shoot him up before the game. and going to see if he can if he can tough it out. I might well, test dirty. like Juan Gonzalez, though. Oh, <laughs> God. Why you got to make me like Juan Gonzalez? I don't get a lot of injuries. Now. I'm not like Juan oh, God. Oh, God. That's terrible. We're trying to get a maximum of six podcasts out of Terry this whole year. We, we're hoping he can play up to his contract. Had <laughs> to do something from Hawaii, huh? Had to do something exactly, exactly. You know, he says, you know, he has to make a decision for his make family. Make your jokes, Ultimately, make your jokes. You know, this is just about uh, I got to be closer to the family, and uh, you know, I tried to play through it, and this is what happened. But what, but what we want to talk about is, in my opinion, who it is that took a dump in the bed. How did the San Francisco 49ers blow a game where the defense showed up? for three and a half quarters to shut down the Kansas City Chiefs. Did they throw the game? Let's just talk. Let's just have a roundtable about the Super Bowl. I know it's a little late, but it's still fresh. Feels like a year ago now. What did you see that happened out there? I just saw Kyle Shanahan doing some stuff that he shouldn't have did, and I think it cost him just like in Atlanta. I completely agree. I, that's that's my biggest take as well because this is just the whole thing, the whole soup warmed over again. The same thing that he did against the Patriots. This dude went out there and didn't run the ball. You're a running team, right? and now you you put the ball in the hands of Jimmy Garoppolo, which I feel like who can do it, but you can't put him in a, a situation to fail. 
And they put him in a situation right. to field in the second half. I read some sort of statistic that uh, I can't remember the exact statistic, but it was crazy. From the point that they were up 20 to 10, they threw 19 drop back passes, uh-huh. of which I want to say only nine were complete. And several of those ended up going out of bounds. Yeah. Like, it was as if they did everything they could to keep the clock frozen to give Pat Mahomes the ball. And Kansas City put the pressure on him. Yeah, but once yeah, once did. Pat Mahomes threw the pick at 12-33 in the fourth quarter, that should have been lights should've out. Lights out. I agree. That should have been lights out. I totally agree. And then they want to go hard on Richard Sherman, and I was looking at it the opposite way. Like, for this guy to come back after an Achilles injury and even to be out there and to have his team in the Super Bowl, one week before that, he made a big play against Minnesota. Sure did. So, hey, what do you, what do you expect from this guy, man? It's still you people just want the controversy from his career. Yeah, people just I want mean, the controversy. Richard Sherman has had a wonderful career, and and he's done his part. And it, I don't right. I don't think that there's been one time that he, they've lost in the big game because of Richard Sherman. Exactly. Exactly. You know, in and this you know situation, what? you. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, and in this situation. People haven't given, you know, you keep hearing about, hey, where the 49ers, uh, uh, what's the defense, a fluke, where they overrated. People aren't giving enough credit to what it takes to shut down a guy who puts up 40 points a day. Pat Mahomes puts up 40 points every single game, dude. And you held him to 10 points over three and a half quarters. They gave up 10 points until seven minutes and 33 seconds of the fourth quarter. Well, and and just go to, to prove your point is that they actually shut down Lamar Jackson in the, um, during the regular season as well. They shut yeah, down. Yeah, they Lamar. did. I mean, they're they're the real deal. But they the how coach, many times can we stop? Exactly. How many, how many the coach stops put them in a situation to lose and they lost? I mean, literally, that's, you got to run that's the ball. Exactly what happened because you, Kansas City you, they th- didn't stop Debo Samuel's. Yeah. Keep no. The ball. No. No. And they and they 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 stopped running the jet sweep. Yeah. Stop running that sweep, which was unstoppable, which then opens up the pass. And then what about these bad calls? Yeah. There wasn't a lot of calls, but there was key bad calls. Word. That George Kittle offensive pass interference before halftime was enormous, especially after you saw what Kyle huge. Rudolph had done. Come on, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it Kyle, was really huge, man. Kyle Rudolph gave you the Heisman. Man. Yep. So there you go. Just like that. Season's over, man. I mean, just I like that, the season's Mahomes. over, and we got Pat Mahomes as the MVP, and he shouldn't have been. Uh, not in my opinion, he didn't have no. a good game. He didn't. No, but Two he picks. made some. He made some big plays on that third and fifteen. That was huge. Yeah, that was huge, man. That was really, really huge. What he he did, and uh, but Williams running the muck was huge. I know, and him catching the ball out of the backfield also. Uh, yeah, and him scoring when he didn't really score was huge, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> that was terrible. What is going on? What is the point of replay if we're going to keep getting all these, all of these things wrong? Just like how it, to, to kind of just to support, but kind of cross reference in the NF in the in the NBA, Dame Lillard had that insane streak that he just went on, right. and yeah. then they cheated him with a goaltending call at the end of the game. Got it wrong. And kept got it, it wrong. wrong. Kept it wrong, and then came out with an apology later. And I don't blame Dame. Dame came out and said, "Man, I don't want anybody want to hear that bullshit." Yeah. Yeah, exactly, man. And he said it plain I mean, just he said that. Like uh, and and how are you going to be mad? These Did politics and sports are huge. They find huge, they, I think they find them, but I don't think it was as as they didn't they didn't usually they you miss a game or something like that. I think mm-hmm. they find them a, a nominal fee. But it is. Right. It, it is just unbelievable. It really is, man. Well, what do you guys think about these Dodger moves? Oh, this is what we were just talking yeah. about. It's it's it's, uh, it's, it's uh, 
I, I like the way the Dodgers direction the Dodgers are going. They needed a move. They made a big move. They are taking a page out of the Angels book, though, because they have a surplus of outfielders, and we're going to see what uh-huh. ends up happening there. I want to know where is Tom Brady going to end up because the statement that that uh, Bill uh, uh, that that Robert Kraft came out with did not seem supportive, in my opinion. Well, with saying that they're going to build a luxury tax. Well, you know what else he said? He said, "Well, we think he should exploit free agency, and so then if he comes back and we make it, uh, we we come to an agreement, we'll know that this was the right place for him, and he'll know this was the right place for him." <laughs> so basically, they want to lowball him. <laughs> that's what they're saying. Hey, but it's it's just two things that's going in his favor. One is Dak Prescott's contract with him wanting forty million dollars, which is ridiculous. I mean, because if you put Tom Brady behind that line, even as bad as he is now, he yeah. could do something there. Or if J- if you release Jimmy Garoppolo, like they're talking about, it won't be a cap hit. And if he played there in San Francisco, I think he would do good in San Francisco. Any team that's got a good offensive line and a halfway decent running game. Well, Dallas, and short passes. He, if he could step into the San Francisco situation. He can give you Jim, that Peyton Manning. Yeah, Jimmy G's problem was Jimmy G couldn't get the ball down the field. You know, even though he has a hose, he just can't seem to have the confidence to get the well, ball down the this field. This is once again going back to that play to Emmanuel Sanders. It should have been Debo Samuels because Debo is actually fast. Emmanuel Sanders is not that fast like that anymore. But he was still behind the the, was, the, the defense. Those, he was still passes, behind the defense. He was behind the defense, but those passes, you know, those deep passes are far and in between. You got to have a, you know, he has a good arm, but it's not precise. So, no, but that's that's what I'm Debo saying. would have been able, even with a bad pass, Debo probably could have caught that pass. That, he was that was like six yards out. T. Debo that was got the, burners, man. I don't care Debo if you got burners. Or not. People in the league. That's twenty feet. You're talking that's that's too far. That's that's too twenty feet out. That's too far. That's too far. He threw the pass. He was about three yards behind the defense, and the pass was a five to six yards past him. Debo would have had it. You got to make that pass. So you got to make that pass. That's not, that's not on the. That's not on the. But I just didn't feel like it was a bad call because you wouldn't want. I wouldn't want Emmanuel Sanders on the fly route. I would want Debo to go. No, I don't think it's a bad call. It's he gets behind. He got. Call. He got behind the defense. How is that a terrible call? It's a terrible throw. You everybody else because we want to all of the other prime potential of catching that ball in that situation. You had the potential to catch the ball if you get behind the defense and the ball is there. Not right now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Everybody has a potential to catch that ball if the ball is there. The ball's not there. You got to make that pass. Make that pass. There's no excuse for that. And that interception that he threw that was high over the middle. Unacceptable. What you talking about? The one where he closed his eyes. (laughs) (laughs) He, He threw that high over the middle. That was a big play in the game right there. You know. You know what was bigger than that. Was that third down and five where he threw that incompletion? Sure was, well, and they Chris didn't Jones run the clock, him. and they, they they couldn't, and the clock didn't run. That was key. And that this is a, this is another coaching problem. It is because you yeah. need to you need to milk the clock. You got a nice lead, milk the clock. You got a nice lead, two have, a two score lead. Yeah, and you have two. I don't know what happened with Matt Breida because he was he averaged more uh, yards per carry, I think, almost than everybody in the league this year. But all of a sudden, you're not giving him the ball. Uh, Mustard and uh, Tevin Coleman were the main running backs, but they didn't give him the ball. So what we what we're learning is is that you can't count on Kyle Shanahan in the big game or Ultimate, Sean McVay. They, uh, they both are the same way. I can't say that because Sean McVay's happened once in this That's in this situation. You might only get that one opportunity. Kyle Shanahan just got two. And he blew them both. And Andy Reedus had was, Andy Reedus had countless. And this is a situation yeah. where you had somebody who had to win out of the losers. So I hope this turns the beat around for Andy Reid. And it's beautiful to see that somebody like Pat Mahomes, who's such a winner, is able to say, "Nah, <laughs> whether or not you want me to lose, I, this is a, even if you set me up, coach, to lose, I'm still figure out a way to get it done." He took a lot of big hits in that game. 
punished. Yeah. And there's so many people. It just tripped me out how many people were trying to say, man, Mahomes, he just wasn't sharp. That's what getting stuck does to you. Yeah. It makes your passes wobble. I mean, he got blown up at the one at yeah, the, that was near the goal line. Yeah, he got he got stuck. He got hit a lot. <laughs> he got hit real hard. But the thing is, if he takes this $40 million contract and diminishes the weapons around him, that's not good. I don't. I wouldn't take that whole forty million dollars that they're trying to offer him, and you know, so you can have money to re-sign your players around you, uh, because it's just not good, man. It's well, not is, good. This is also a testament to usually great players, because great players usually take less when they're the superstar on the team, so that they can continually keep winning championships. You know, they can keep putting out yeah. that good product. But if you decide that you're going to take all the money then you're not going to be able to, especially with salary caps and everything in football, although the contracts don't mean anything because they're made, yeah, out, made out of aluminum foil. Speaking of which, did either one of you guys watch the 30 for 30 on Michael Vick? I did not. I know oh, I didn't it. see it, man. Oh, I, man, I, I, I wish you guys would have because I just want to speak about it. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Watch it right now. Watch it as soon as you get off the horn, pull it up. It's a two-parter, and they're each is— I think it's four. No, it's, no. it's a two-parter, and each of them are an hour and 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, I mean, they really do justice to telling Michael Vick's full story. And I think that it's easy to forget how absolutely mesmerizing Michael Vick was. The only problem I had with it is they didn't make a, a, as big of a deal as they should have of him going up to Lambeau and winning in the playoffs I and how that had. Now, remember when we watched that game together and and, and we talked about this. I, I had, Are you crazy? You go up to Lambeau and win in the playoffs in the winter? Right that dude was so fast that nobody could touch you. So they did. They they I, man, I wish you guys would have seen. It. I'm sure some of the listeners have seen it. They talked about that on the thing, and he said, you know, at the end of the the doc, I don't want to blow this stuff for you guys, but at the end of the doc, he's like, you know, now they have him talk about how he introduced and paved the way for this new age of accepting this new age of quarterback, and he said. You know, I took a lot of hits, and eventually I just needed to retire because I didn't, I, I, you know, it was just my time. He said, but also, he said, because after being 11 years of being a starter, I couldn't accept being the number two. He said, and people ask me all the time why I didn't slide more, this and the other. He goes, honestly, I played the game fast. He goes, and I just played too fast to, to slide a lot of times, and I took some big hits. They showed him in college in the bowl game, and he's talking so casually where he arguably put up the greatest college football game in history. And I wasn't aware because I don't watch a lot of college football. Mm-hmm. But when he was oh. at VTech, he said, man, they got me out there. I'm juking left. I'm juking right. I can't hear the crowd. I, I tore some dude's ACL. I tore another dude's PCL. And it sounded like he was talking crazy. Then they showed the highlight footage of the dudes <laughs> laying on the ground. He said, he goes, and I felt bad. He goes, I felt bad because these guys were high draft picks. And I, I might have changed their their draft uh, trajectory because these guys had to recover. He said, but, man, you put me on that turf. There's no way to stop me if you get me out there on that turf. He's like, he's like, I was young. I was fast. Forget about it. Man, I wish you guys could have seen it because we could talk for 45 minutes just about this Michael Vick documentary. Really? It is fascinating. First and foremost, I didn't know I'm that him out. and Allen Iverson are from the same projects. Wow. They're from the oh, same I didn't spot. Know that either. Yes, and he, and they have Allen Iverson on the dock, and Allen Iverson is talking. He said, "I used to tell people all the time, y'all watch. This is the football version of me. <laughs> y'all watch. Watch my boy Mike. Watch Mike Vick get busy. 
It was. I mean, it's great. They talk about the dogs. They talk about this like it, it, it's a really fascinating thing. And it's a beautiful thing that he got a second chance and what he's done with it really is. I mean, oh. 30 for 30 on Mike Vick. I, I highly recommend it. I really enjoyed it. What I like about him is that he's supposed to be mentoring Lamar Jackson. and He um, talks about it on the doc. Really. Oh, he does? Yeah. He talks about yeah. it. He, he talks about how important it is based on what he had and who he had. He actually talked about Dan Reeves. He talked about how how positive of an influence Dan Reeves was and how Dan Reeves gave him a gift when he first got to Atlanta and it was a, 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 a set of golf clubs. And he said he walked in the office. He said, what is this for? I ain't never golfed a day in my life. And then he reflected when he was in the middle of his trial with the dogs and everything. He said, man, he goes, I was just thinking to myself, man, I wish I would have took advantage of coaches, uh, coaches <laughs> golf clubs because he was trying to do something for me that would have kept me away from all this. It has his boys on there that got him caught up. It has, I mean, it, it's it's an in-depth look, really in-depth look. It was it wow, was great, I to, man. I, I had to go back and check that out, but I don't think he's a quarterback that changed, you know, the whole thing about running quarterbacks. I would have to give that to Russell Wilson because people started looking at Russell Wilson and saying, man, this guy can run, he can pass, and he's a pass first. His IQ yeah. is just unbelievable. I agree, but at the same time, Michael Vick, the the inspiration, when you hear these guys talk about what Michael Vick was to them, all of these guys who were watching him, because if you remember when Michael Vick became the quarterback of the Eagles, Michael Vick then in turn started to pass, and he was actually yeah, he more did. pass first, and he was, he was sharp. But speaking of that, though, I always go back to Randall Cunningham. Randall Cunningham was the one who started that out more so than everybody. And yeah. Nobody ever really speaks about it, and he was devastating. He had a hose. He sure was. And he had he, a hose. And he passed first, and he took off, but then the league had never seen anything like that where a guy could just get out the pocket and just take off. But once again, they take too many hits. I think this is something special about Russell Wilson because yes. he takes a lot of hits, and he's still in the league, and he's still, you know, he can roll, he can roll hits roll. well. It, like he, he yeah, he does. He, he rolls the big hit hits. Flush. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a boxer. I wonder if he does some classes. Like I wonder if he if he does some sort of training on hit taking. This year, I've seen him take more hits than any any other year. He took a lot of hits well, this year. They're saying that he should trademark his slide because you know from baseball. Oh yeah, look at the way oh. that he slides, and they're like, this guy slides amazing, man. Listen to this in on the Mike Vick documentary. They talk about how. In Atlanta, they brought over Terry Pendleton from the Braves oh, really? to teach him how to slide. He's like, I just couldn't do it. He was like, I, it's not like I didn't know how to slide. He's like, I'm just playing too fast. He's like, I'm playing. The oh, game wow. is going too fast. I'm playing too fast. Man, you watch this documentary. It's so easy to forget that Michael Vick was a video game. Right. I mean, what you like from Lamar Jackson, this, any other. The quickness, I don't know if I've seen a player ever that's fast and quick like Michael Vick. Because I think Lamar Jackson is that. But Lamar I, I don't. Jackson he's not quick Lamar like Jackson that. Is. Yeah, Lamar Jackson. Yes, he is. He is. He is. He, I mean, Lamar fast. Jackson. He's, he's fast. He's fast. And, he, and he's quick. He, it, he could. You can watch guys. He's just literally floating by him. And you're thinking to yourself, this dude should be able to at least touch him. And that's the thing. Mike Vick is not floating guy. But man, you guys got to see it. Michael Vick's highlight reel is like watching I'm Barry watching Sanders when I, he's throwing. Agree. Say Barry Sanders. Oh, okay. I'm no, telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, you got to watch it. Donovan McNabb, though. Mm-hmm. How about this? Donovan is the person who really mentored him when he got in trouble. Tony Dungy and Tony Dungy and Donovan yeah, McNabb. Dungy. Donovan McNabb is the guy that got him that shot in Philly. 
And it, it's, it, I just, I mean, I could, Tony, I could talk Tony about Dungeon it nonstop. He's a solid dude, man. He's a solid dude. He said he went out there at Leavenworth and sat across from him. Michael Vick said he just, he couldn't express how much that meant to him for him to come out there while he was in federal prison to, to yeah. come sit with him, sit across from him for fighting dogs and, and or for his, for the gambling. No, he, he just that he was in prison and he couldn't believe what it meant to him that he was out there, that this man had decided to leave his luxury, luxurious mm-hmm. life and come out there and sit with him and actually chart a course for him to, to be a better man. And he did a wow. lot of stuff that that did not make the headlines in the community to, to get back. And they showed I mean, it's it's so prescient for today because they also showed Tucker Carlson said he should be executed. Yeah. There, there's all of these right-wing pundits that you see and that are right-wingers, people who advocate children dying in cages, people who advocate the Muslim bans on countries, people who advocate all sorts of nonsense, are were sitting there and had the nerve to talk about him being actually executed and murdered. Said the same thing about the Central Park Five, you know, even after you— yeah. Yeah, but that's not the same that that even even though it was wrong, that's not the same thing because they were accused of beating and raping someone. I can understand how you I'm get talk, that I'm sort of about thing. A guy like the president who even actually finds out that they're innocent yes. still won't recant. Yeah, but I'm yeah. talking about the guys that were actually on the the documentary who called for him to be executed for his activity with some dogs. Well, you're still going to have half of America that's never going to forgive you, you know. Yeah, so he, he, I, you know he, what? He I can't I can't say that. that. You know why? Because because the situation with Michael Vick is just like the situation with everybody else that we've seen that gets in trouble. When you win, America forgets. And Michael they Vick went out there dogs, and they mesmerized. <laughs> he mesmerized the country with his play when he got his second chance. And yesterday. What's that? What have you done? For, that was yesterday. You know, I understand what you're saying he did in the past. And you know what's more impressive about him is the way that he handled the press conference. When he went off the script on the press conference, this that he, was like one of the best press conferences that I've same, ever seen. Same in my thing life. goes for the sixty minute interview. He did a sixty minutes interview with uh, James Brown, and and it was he said the best thing that happened for me was they they made it seem like it was going to be a big deal and not give me the questions. He's like, that's exactly what I want. This it's really yeah, it's really worth the watch. It's really really worth the watch, and I think it says a lot about the collective psyche of America about how Americans look at sports. And the divide, the divide, and, uh-huh. and you know another situation with the two Americas that everybody lives in, whether or not they want to actually admit it. But it was a, it's it, it's it's worth it's the time. opening, huh? It was kudos, wow. and that and that's coming from somebody who was watching Michael Vick be Michael Vick, you know, in yeah. real time. I yeah, remember meeting Michael up, Vick. Man. Yeah, exactly. I remember when he was the man and meeting Michael. It was wild. Mm-hmm. Talking about how T.I. helped him out, how he literally had negative 1250 in his bank account. T.I. called him. Oh, wow. Was like, hey, what you need, partner? Hey, look, look, what you need, man? <laughs> That's what he I said. got the chip, man. <laughs> and he said he blessed him. I ain't going to leave you out like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what happened. It was wild. <laughs> anyway, Strucker Dave, where are you uh, right now on the roads of America? Traveling, man. Traveling, man. <laughs> Traveling, man. <laughs> Look here, man. Look here, man. Uh, <laughs> so good. Wanted to say thanks for the analysis. We will catch you sooner than later and figure out what's going on with the NFL since it is a year-round sport. It is a year-round sport, and it's nice talking to you guys, and kudos. <laughs> Peace. Moving back to Major League Baseball, uh, we didn't get to finish. We kind of got rushed off because of uh, the homie Troy OG had to go to an art festival before going to take batting practice with his son. 
Uh, <laughs> but how about these new rules? How about the three batter minimum? I'm very interested because it seems like Commissioner Manfred is really interested in trying to make the game better. I just don't know if he if he knows the ways to do that. And I don't know if the game needs to be made better. Well, he's being creative, and I've, I feel like there's always room for evolution. But the problem, well, it's not even a problem. I think they address some of the issues. But to me, the biggest problem is that he's trying to acquire baseball fans that aren't actually baseball fans. In That's the, the issue. And it doesn't start at the major league level. Right. I don't think baseball is a game where you just start watching major league baseball and you're like, wow, baseball's crazy. Right. I don't think it really works You'd like that. You have to that. be at the stadium and see a bomb get in. Yeah, you have. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm all in from now on. Yeah, exactly. yeah, but but what he's doing is trying to make these changes. I know that they're working on speeding up the game, and I don't think that speeding up the game is the answer. You know, you. I think it's all about understanding uh-huh. the game. Uh huh. Now I I do like them changing the rules so that you can't keep flip flopping pitchers every at every batter. Yeah. Because that does slow the pace of the game. Although they can still sell more concessions, it doesn't do anything for the people on television. Which is who's paying for um, the game. Exactly. And so they don't really need to work on actually speeding up the game in a sense. But if you're going to have a challenge, you said that now you're shortening the time down. The coaches have less than 20 seconds to make that call. But even if you give them the 20 seconds, let's make sure that you get it right. Because we saw a lot of times last year where they got it wrong and they, they, it was like a pissing contest because they would never acknowledge that it was wrong and just say, okay, we got it wrong. Now everybody in all of sports is using the whole angle of, you know what, it wasn't enough to overturn the bad call. And that's, that's a lot of times it's not true. A bad call is a bad call. What do you mean? So say, for instance, across the board, look at the Kansas City Chiefs game. Yeah. The Kansas City Chiefs game where the – where um where Damian Williams went across the line and this helped. Oh, but his foot was out of bounds, and, yeah. they're, and they're trying to say, well, that wouldn't have changed. Yeah, and they're also saying that it wasn't enough to change. They couldn't. They didn't have a— Oh, right. Yeah, you know, and that's what I'm talking Clear and about. convincing. Exactly, and and baseball does the same thing. They'll they'll say that a call wasn't enough. Now, what they are talking about ushering in pretty soon are the, the robotic arms, which I think that might help the game, honestly. Really? I don't know how they're going to incorporate the regular umpires and the robotic umps, but we see the umpires who are making the ball that much harder to hit, and it's already crazy hard to hit. But if you're talking about guys now that back in the day when when we were playing, it was probably like 85 miles an hour. Now it's got to be up to at least 90, 90. The average? Yeah. Yeah. Guys bring the noise now. Yeah. And you're talking about guys being able to hit that. And then when umpires with crazy wide zones, it's which a problem. You, which, you, which you see. Yeah. A bunch of strikeouts now because you get guys to lose the discipline. Yeah, I don't think that's the only reason you see a bunch of strikeouts. I think I think fuzz. guys, I think the fuzz has <laughs> a lot to do fuzz. with it. I also think the fact that guys are swinging for the fences has a lot to do with it. Um, but angle. there's going to be it's going to be interesting to see with this being the new decade. It's crazy to say it'll be interesting to see by the end of this decade what it is that the world is like mm-hmm. because there's so much going on in the world, whether it's sports, politics. Uh, technology that is changing and everything is changing so fast uh you know cheating i also think uh yeah i mean i also think that it's interesting that they are now encouraging or bringing in rules that have something to do with like an otani or michael lorenzen and these guys yeah and that's i mean they that's that's hurt that to me hurts the game how's that because when you're growing up and playing the game everybody can play multiple positions but not actually at that higher level these two guys, actually, there's maybe two or three guys in the whole league that can actually do that. So let's not punish them from being able to do that. So now you're putting on a minimum of them being able to, you know, 
pitch at a certain time and everything else. Well, if the, I didn't understand it, that that's what they were doing. I don't, I don't completely understand the rule, but it says something about a minimum of twenty batters phase. That's, that's to get and the designation. And and the reason the designation, from what the way I understood it, and I could be wrong, the, the reason that the designation is that is that they're basically saying when they bring in Shohei Otani, that doesn't count against their pitcher count or their pitcher pool. Because he plays both ways. Right. And they bring in Lorenz and he plays both ways. And so they can move him what around. Would, what about this thing with the extra innings? Because I saw there's something in there. Now, now, I don't think, and I hope that that's not in play now, this starting the extra innings with a runner on base or this kind of nonsense. No, no, I'm talking about the extra innings. So if Otani's in the game and they couldn't bring him in or something like See, that. See, I'm not, I, I feel like it's, they're going to have to educate. Yeah, yeah, they're going to have to educate the audience. Now, one thing that's very interesting as well that they're talking about implementing in a couple of years is this, uh, this playoff format. You saw that? Yeah, and it looks pretty fun. It could be. It looks like it could be fun. A team choosing their own opponent is actually really cool, and it's disrespectful at the same time. Totally disrespectful, which, which would, fires up the other team. Fire up the other team. I don't. I don't really. And anything can happen in baseball. That's that's but now, why we love it. But now, in that, would you pick any team from the whole league? That pool? No, 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 no. That's not how it works. Pool. So the the playoff pool will expand from what it is now. Mm-hmm. To I think an extra four or five teams, and in that pool, that's who you get to choose from. You don't, don't, don't want to. I don't want to exist the pool too much because I don't want to end up like basketball. Basketball is diluted because everybody in the whole league goes. And that there herein lies the argument against it. If you have a hundred and sixty-two game season, that should determine the playoffs, right? But what they're saying now is is they're going to stretch it out a little bit, which actually gets rid of the wild card game, which I like a lot. Well, that winner take all game is real. It's high pressure. Well, and then what's going to hurt as well is that then the other team gets a buy, and that's yeah. not good for baseball. Do I it? don't think buys are. Yeah, it's not good for the quality of baseball. Is what he's saying that, that buys don't necessarily help you in baseball. No, you actually need consistency of play. And if you if you're not playing, if you get to take off a week or something, that's going to hurt you. This is like me going to spring training all over again. I don't I don't think they're going to take. I don't think it would be that long. Well, but if, I but if I don't take know. Off a buy, and if, if somebody's in a five game series, how long you know how long are you going to be laid off? It's the best of three. It's not the best of five. And the way that they stretch it out, trying to milk that money. Well, I mean, the, the week. I don't know. It's, Come on, this is the thing. I don't know. Child. Well, we got a couple Come more on, years before we have to figure it out. <laughs> how about your boy Mike Bolsinger suing the Astros? Man, that's. So, so, you love the Astros. Man, that's so You're petty. in love with the Astros. That's so petty. No, I'm, He's I'm, out the league. How is that petty? Because he didn't just face the Astros all the time. <laughs> he stuck to join up even when that's he was. That was the last draw. <laughs> so he's going to have to justify all the other games that he didn't win in. You can't just hold it against the Astros. It's, I mean, what was his ERA against the Astros? 6,000. <laughs> Transylvania 6,000 is what his ERA was. Now, did you see... Did you see Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman apologize? And what was your take there? No, I did not get to see it because well, that just happened. Li- let's listen to it then. Yeah, they just they just apologized. A few minutes ago, right? Yeah. I got to try to find it. Hold on a second. There it is. Ernie, you ready? Mm-hmm. Probably got an ad. You found it. Yeah, I found it. You got it right here. 
part of spring training. I'm going to go over a few remarks, and then I'm going to turn it over to our players, followed by some comments from Dusty Baker here. Last month, when MLB announced the penalties to the Houston Astros, I issued an apology to our fans and the city of Houston. I want to say again how sorry our team is for what happened. I want to also repeat that this will never happen again on my watch. That's uh, that's Jim Crane. Want to move on? If you want to find this, you can find it at uh, MLB.com. And here is Phenom Alex Bregman, who actually came up and made his bones in that <laughs> World Series. Speak on behalf of the players. I have some brief remarks that I'd like to share with y'all. I am really sorry about the choices that were made by my team, by the organization, and by me. I've learned from this, and I hope to regain the trust of baseball fans. I would also like to thank the Astros fans for all of their support. We as a team are totally focused on moving forward to the 2020 season. Thank you. Thank you, Jane, and thank you, Alex. Uh, I also so will be brief. We had a great uh, team meeting last night, and I want to say that the whole Astros organization and the team uh, feel bad about what happened in, in 2017. <clears throat> we especially feel remorse for the impact in our fans and the game of baseball, and our team is determined to, to move forward, to play with intensity, and to bring back a championship to Houston in, in 2020. Thank you. You've heard from, uh, from Jim, and you've heard from Alex, and from, uh, you know, uh, Jose Altuve. And uh, I just want to say, um, at that meeting last night, the players showed, you know, tremendous uh, remorse and sorrow and, and embarrassment for Who's their it? families. Mm-hmm. the organization, uh, the city of Houston, and for baseball. And uh, I just want to ask for, uh, you know, the world, the baseball world, you know, to forgive them for the mistakes that they've made. And um, we're looking forward to an excellent season this year in a great town. Um, that's a great baseball town. And we want to bring a championship back. Uh, it was um, kind of a, a weird situation for me, you know, to have to come into this situation. But I feel that, uh, you know, Jim Crane and the, and the Astros felt that I was the man to, to try to take us forward. It's Dusty Baker, your man. How do you feel about the Dusty Baker signing? Uh, that's punishment to the Astros enough, I feel like. You know, one of the problems wow. with that more so than anything is that Dusty Baker's a good baseball guy, but it doesn't progress the game to me because you need to bring in fresh blood. I'm always about the youth movement. I feel he like want Eric Bieniemy to get his a head job. Yeah, I want all these young guys who've played in the past or who get actually get a, a fresh face out there, you know, and they can go some – but they're, what they're doing is trying to um, – basically smoothed it over and it was a great script that everybody was reading from but you didn't really feel like you got anything from the heart from these guys no you didn't and um you felt like you got it from the heart when 
Right. When Justin Verlander was laughing about it at the thing that Cody Bellinger and CeCe Sabathia were not laughing at. Right. <laughs> That's what you feel like you got there, the real. Yeah, but, I mean. Did you hear what Did you hear what Gary Sanchez said, which I Gary loved? Said. They asked Gary Sanchez what about the whole cheating thing. He said, yeah, of course we feel like we got cheated out of the World Series that year. He said, let me tell you something. I hit a walk-off home run that takes my team to the World Series. You can rip off my jersey. You can rip off my pants. You can rip off whatever you need to rip off. I'm not running to the. I'm not running into the dugout to to make sure that uh, you don't rip off my jersey. Yeah, I. I mean, like I said, it's way overblown. <laughs> I, I would. Ne- I would never concede. I won't ever say that. That because literally everybody keeps talking about cheating in real time. All of it's cheating in real time, and everybody needs to get over the hump of them or people. If you're going to pay guys millions and millions of dollars to cheat, then don't be surprised when they cheat. And this is what we keep doing. So if you don't like the Astros, if the, if baseball, what do you, so what do you strong, mean? Who, who's paying the millions of dollars to cheat? The teams. What do you mean by all? That? All of the organizations, everybody, everything's incentivized to cheat. So it, with the A Rods and the Astros and the John Jones and everything else, you get paid extra money when you're considered successful by you know winning titles, championships, belts, or whatever it is. Canelo, all of them. If they if they test dirty, it doesn't matter as long as you win. And then when you win, the winning culture says that we'll give you a pass. So everybody forgets about it. The only key to winning, I mean, to cheating is that you're not supposed to get caught. If you get caught, then you're a pariah. But before that, it's okay. They're talking about how teams in the past had already complained about the Astros. Uh, that's what I've, that's something that I found that was very interesting. And they, this is goes back to the league itself. They're saying the teams complained extensively over that season. Come on, man. Like 12 teams complained over a, a full year. And this information isn't being released to the public until three years later almost. Right. I mean, just because Friars came out and said something. Yeah. It's it's the same situation that just because Jose Canseco came out and said something about the juice is what pushed the first domino over, you know, to start talking about the juice. And they gave him the, the Kaepernick juice. because he's he, got, out, he's out. he got out the league. Because, so you know, and they let Mark McGuire on, stay in there. On VH1. Yeah. They let Mark McGuire stay in there, and he tore the league apart, you know, hitting, hitting the juice bombs and everything else. But, I mean— Everybody's got to pick their poison. Either you want a game that's going to accept the game for what it is or not. But don't think that the guys aren't still going to find a way to cheat because they are. The <laughs> Patriots, the Astros, everybody. This is a part of sports. And if everybody. So you're okay with it is what you're saying. I just You're okay with technology being I used. Don't, don't bring up the tech because I'm always down with the technology. So you're, you're bringing, you're, what you're saying is you're okay with the tech. If 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 it's going to give – it's better to me for a guy to do something like that than it is for somebody to be a juicer. Because if you're a juicer – That's that's a little bit of the mansplain. That's, I'm, not, I'm not asking you, no. is it okay to juice? I'm saying you sound like what you're saying is is you're giving me the Mulvaney right now. Look. No, don't put me gonna, on. Okay. It's going to – It's going to – You're asking for problems. You put, me gonna, in, you put me in the category with Tachito on there. It, it's going it, to – this is what happens in, in, in policy. Get it's going to happen. Get no, over it. No, that's a, because we're talking about altering somebody's life or death situation with most Hey. We're not talking about that with Our special guest is here, ladies and gentlemen, on the Ozone. Let's get her set up. The champ champ is here, folks. She's about as big as my left thigh, <laughs> but she's huge in the ring, and she's big in boxing out there. Sanisa Estrada, also known as Superbad. How you feeling? 
Feeling good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Looking good. Sporting your Kobe jersey. Nice. Oh, yeah, and KB8, definitely. too. That was uh-huh. KB8 was real hard to handle. KB8, KB8 was a monster. That was the uh, Kobe I knew and the Kobe I grew up with. I, listen, so. me too. The flying Kobe. <laughs> that was, I mean, yeah. forget about it. <laughs> that was a very selfish Kobe. That it was very Kobe selfish. That wouldn't pass the ball. Oh, that but, was, he, but he'll, he'll put, put your, your lights, lights out. out. He will put your out. lights out. Put your lights out. Man, monster. Yeah, monster. Now, you're East Side of yourself. Yeah, born and raised in East LA. I love okay. it. Yeah, I I uh I live on the east side, me myself. I enjoy the west side's too dense for me. So I keep mine yeah. real east. <laughs> and um you're you're a part of the Golden Boy stable. We were actually just about to cover Golden Boy boxing amongst other boxing and other sports. But one of the running things that we've been going on this year because we were just talking about the Dodgers getting cheated out of the World Series by the Astros, mm-hmm. despite being dressed in Dodger paraphernalia. My brother was an Astros fan, is an Astros fan oh, still. Man. And he's, yeah, exactly. Oh, and he's, and he's, Dodgers. and he seems to be, and he seems to be okay, <laughs> and he seems to be okay with the cheating. But in general, just so you know, coming in, the theme uh, that we go into in society is is how sports is supposed to make people uh, have an equal playing field. That's why in sports, mm-hmm. in boxing, they have weight divisions. This is why they have different levels and leagues and so on and so forth. And sport is supposed to be the part of society that makes everything fair. And then you get to compete when everything is fair. Right. Unfortunately, nowadays, sport seems to have been blurred and crossed over into the lines of where you're incentivized to cheat. Yeah. And we watch it over and over and over. It doesn't matter whether you're it's sport or politics or whatever else. Winning is the ultimate enema to any problem that you have in America. If you win, people seem to be able to forgive your transgressions and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. We were waiting for you to come in to talk combat sports top to bottom because I purposely didn't buy the John Jones fight this weekend. I actually have a problem with John Jones and the way that that society has dealt with the John Jones factor in sports i totally agree with you i feel the same way um i'm not a john jones fan just because of the whole you know his whole cheating scandal yeah, it's, it's but like, it's non-stop it's not non-stop. even like it was once they yeah. don't even bring it up anymore. but they right. don't even they just sweep it right under exactly. the uh, right under the rug and they're still calling him the greatest of all this time it's unbelievable to me it's unbelievable this like what i'm saying I-, I didn't buy the fight and my dad was like hey do you want me to send you a link like i'm gonna try to get one yeah and i was like well if you can find a link Cool, but like I mean, I really I'm not gonna pay for it. And I I'm not gonna pay for if it. If you don't find a link, it's fine I'm cool with me. Too. I'm not gonna watch it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And you know what? Honestly, it seems like that man got cheated on Saturday night because what I saw, I was actually I was I saw on Twitter people posting about it. You know, sometimes some dude on Twitter had bought the fight and he was just taping the fight, was doing a live stream <laughs> of the fight. And I was actually going into a, some sort of Oscar party, so I had to leave halfway through the third round. But from what I saw. And I'm not yeah. I'm not a UFC specialist at all, but I can recognize when somebody getting their ass whooped. And in round classic one, LA. two, <laughs> classic LA. <laughs> rounds, that's round, rounds, <laughs> hey, I recognize that. Yeah, get him. That rounds one, two, and three. Three and a, at least half of three that I saw, he got him in the John Jones in. got beat up. Yeah. And now somehow or another, he dug out a decision that was a lopsided decision that they had him winning. And I told you, he gave me the classic fighter that loses. He said, uh, I need to go back and look at that. <laughs> so when, go back and look at the tape. If you say that, then obviously, you know, you did something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have to go back and look at the tape to see yeah, who won the fight. You should be confident. Like, not yeah. have to. But yeah, yeah I, I don't understand that. I don't agree. I'm not a fan of anybody who wants. Um, 
got busted for PDs or, no. you know. But the part is, you just said it. The part that trips us out is they just act like it never happened. You get to a point where for some reason after it happens and you, you, ride, you have to ride out the scandal, yeah. how you ride out the scandal is critical. Right. Because if you write it out and you admit it, chances are you're out of the league. Right. If you write it out and you deny, you deny, you deny, you have some other side. Oh, it was my cell phone. This T-Mobile service must have caused some elevated testosterone levels. I was, it was a, exactly. it was a, it must, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And if you just keep playing that and playing that and playing that, especially if you're a draw, mm-hmm. because then the commission start to bend the rules for you. John Jones has been, he's like, he's like UFC's big baby, except for he's really good. And how many times he got popped for coke? He got popped for speed, I think. And PDs twice. And, and, and a juice twice. Yeah. I mean, he, he messed he up Daniel Cormier. Cormier's. He ruined Cormier. I mean, his, his mindset. He ruined his mind. Yeah, Made he, that man break down in the ring because he just crying. couldn't believe yeah. that he couldn't get over the hump of John Jones. Yeah. M- multiple times, too. And they're still acting like, times. Like, it like it didn't, didn't happen. happen. Well, and the problem with combat sports is that because when you get in there, it's a life or death situation. Yes. And somebody could really, really get hurt. and Or killed. Yeah, or killed. Mm-hmm. And you're out there on the juice. Deontay Wilder on the juice is. You put Deontay Wilder on the juice and people's lives are in danger as is. As is. <laughs> right. And you put him on the juice. You're, Some of these big thumpers like that. Are you yeah. crazy? Come on. That's mud. That's mud. That's what he said. That's what he told us. Deontay was on the pod. And uh, we were talking about it because that was right when he was about to fight, I think, Stivern. It was Ortiz the -hmm. uh, the first time. No. Uh, And then they canceled it. Yeah, that's what I said. He was about to fight Stivern because Stivern was was the replacement for Ortiz when Ortiz got pop juicing. Mm -hmm. And I was telling him that I felt like his growth as a boxer had been stunted because there was a period where he couldn't get rounds. Because everybody that he was supposed to fight, it was like three guys in a row got pop juicing, mm-hmm. and it ended up postponing true. the fights. That's true. And uh, and and Terry said, "Wow, man, can you imagine you on the juice?" He said, "Yeah, dog, <laughs> that's murder." <laughs> <laughs> and I agreed. <laughs> like first, you had to kill somebody. No, it's murder. It's murder. As soon as he takes the needle, that's so Anywho. funny. Yeah, in sports, I feel like everybody wants an advantage somehow, right. whether it's. It doesn't have to be PEDs. Just right. everybody just some wants advantage. some kind of advantage, especially in boxing too. Like no matter what it is, like everyone just wants the advantage. Like for example, um, with me and my team, like that's I've never had that type of mentality. Like I just sparred a few days ago against this girl from Australia, and she outweighed me by like fifteen twenty pounds. Big girl. She was like three inches taller, four inches taller probably, and uh, she was like, "Oh, all I have is fourteen ounce gloves." And I spar with 10 or 12 ounces. Right. So my trainer's like, oh, no, hold on. Fuck that. Hold on. He's like, he went to the locker room and tried to find me some 14-ounce gloves that were my training partners. Um, So I used the 14-ounce gloves, and I was like, all right, I got 14s. Like, I'm not going to go in there with 12s, and you have 14s. Just that little two-ounce advantage. Right, 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 right. I don't want her to have an excuse after and say, oh, you had, you had, your gloves are 12 ounces, mine yep, 14, yep, you know? Yep. So just little things like that. Like, I would never even want somebody else to have, like, that type of advantage. Right. To, you know, and, and, and then, well, well, in the, in, in the minority case, I would have the advantage because my gloves would be a little bit smaller. Yeah, yeah. I don't want that, you know? Right. But it's just, I don't know. Like, it's just some people just, some athletes just want that advantage of, like, it's when the competition to, goes too far. And in exactly. boxing back in the day, I remember Tito. 
was it Tito Trinidad had the like the cast on under his? They said that his raps were built molded like a cast almost. Yeah. You remember? Oh, I don't uh, remember. For, I remember Margarito. For example, I don't Margarito. Remember, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember Margarito, Margarito but, but yeah. I don't remember that Tito Trinidad. Tito got caught. With I, that. Yeah. I think I, I think B Hop made him change his raps or something like that. The way that he wrapped his hand when he fought him. Mm. Margarito yeah. was through that whole time where he was like putting he cement. Almost ruined Miguel Cotto's yeah. career. Yeah. Life. Yes. Yeah. His training camp was at our gym at that time. Is that right? At that time, yeah. And he was, we, we, we saw, like, we just saw everything. And when it came out into the media, he, uh, Margarito's trainer told the media, oh, it must have been one of the kids at Montebello Gym who, like, Oh, wow. I swear to God, he It was you. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> you at the time. I was, like, 14, 15. <laughs> Like, hey, Antonio. <laughs> yeah, with that little girl right there. She, it was girl, her. she put cement in your in your bag, you know, but he blamed us. He was like, Yeah, one of the kids must have dropped it in his gym bag and we accidentally put it on his hand. Like, no. Yeah. It's just, not right. But cheating is just right. gone too far in sports now, whereas yeah. you know it's gone from advantage to I mean, and this there's an argument to be made that it's monetarily based. Mm-hmm. Because the kind of dough you're talking about it, it puts you in a position where it's like you're too big to fail. You know, and when you're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars, John Jones's life has not changed based on of him. If anything, it's gotten better based on while he's won, even through the the bad means. Now, what my question is, I don't know. You you had to fight for uh, for what was my man's name? Damn, I can't remember his name. You had to fight for John Jones opponent. I only saw half of the fight, which I saw, which I thought that guy won. Seems like John Jones got a decision. A couple people told me, "Yeah, you got to take the champ's belt." Blah blah blah. I don't know about that because he came. Seemed like he came out. I saw him sock John Jones in the stomach and knock him down, and it looked like he was taking the champ's belt. Dominic Reyes. Uh, Dominic Reyes. Now, with that though, uh, we're looking at a scenario where did we see the real John Jones, who was actually vulnerable and fallible, or was that just the fact that Reyes was that ready? I think Reyes was ready because he came out there. He was confident. He wasn't afraid. Most of the guys he come out there when the lights wasn't on, scared. they get intimidated. Yeah. And this dude came out there and started chucking him. I was, yeah. Woo. Mm-hmm. He was ready to go. Yeah. And that's what I wonder, though. This is For me, this is always the question when you deal with somebody who has a history of cheating, which is when they finally get off of it, when you finally get A-Rod off the juice, he can't make contact. <laughs> we, we saw A-Rod without the juice, and yeah. he, was not, he shouldn't be in professional sports. He should not have been in professional sports. <laughs> so now you're talking about a guy who's That's made so damn true. near a billion dollars <laughs> yeah, and held back countless other people who could have been in the major leagues. Because they've been taking it since high school. At least. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know, he might have been prepubescent on the juice, as far as I know. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, but I know I seen him in the boxing gym, and it was not impressive. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that much. Uh, but I digress. <laughs> um, anywho, let's talk about you. What's up, champ? Champ, you came through. Speaking <laughs> of advantages, you stepped up. You like to fight bigger girls. You picking on bigger girls. You guys seem like you and Marla seem like y'all had real beef. Oh, it yeah, seemed it like was, you guys like actually beef. didn't like each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you went out there and, and did that work it, with three minute rounds. We've had a lot of conversations with uh, with women boxers about the difference between the two-minute round and the three-minute round. Mm-hmm. My approach, if I was actually to advise anybody about the two-minute round, knowing the stamina of uh, women's boxing, would be a full sprint through the two minutes. Right. Now, you're one of the few who's fought the three-minute round. What was your take? I love it. I wish I can fight three-minute rounds every fight. Really? Wow. Um, I mean, by the 
tenth, I mean, well, ninth round because it stopped in the ninth round. Um, I was ready to go another. I had my second win. I was ready you to go good. another ten rounds. But yeah, I I see when it comes to stamina and, and women's boxing, a lot of women. Um, they get tired quickly. No even, doubt. Even with two minute rounds and like the fight looks sloppy and it just. And, always, and, 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 that, that, and that hurts. That hurts um, women's boxing in my opinion. Yeah. It does. I, I think it's just, it's just a skill level. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just a skill level. Nothing, nothing besides that really. I think, um, I don't know. I feel like they feel like they just have to go out there and hurry up and score their points and land a bunch of punches because it's only two minutes. Mm-hmm. And right. of course their technique so isn't that being, well. Right. They don't have good defense as it is. Right. So it just makes it look even worse. Now when um, you train, do you train three minutes, five minutes? What, what is it? Um, I train three minute rounds. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I mean, I can't always fight three minute rounds. Like my next fight, I'll be defending my WBC title and WBC is against women going three minutes. They say okay. something about the studies and like our brains are like thinner and I don't know, a bunch of, bunch of bull crap right whatever. You're, but not, you're not buying it yeah it's it's like women in the mma uh they go what, how many minutes what is it four minute rounds yeah they they, um, they, they do the five minute rounds in ufc but then i think yeah. they go four right. minute rounds. you're getting elbowed you're getting yeah. kicked in the face yeah. like you know it, i don't see the difference in women's boxing i mean i don't know i feel like there's just not enough of us who are uh four three-minute rounds, so they're not really uh-huh. going to... There's not a call for it, There's not a call se. for it, exactly. Um, huh. Yeah, but as long as I f- I'm fighting for an organization that allows me to go three-minute rounds, then I'll continue to do three-minute rounds. But my opponent has to agree. That's right. kind of difficult to get the opponent to want right. to do three-minute rounds, too. So Now, this this uh, title defense is coming up already. It's already set. Where can the people see you? Where can the people find you on social media? Um, You can find me on social media at... Sinisa underscore super bad and my next fight will be March twenty eighth at the forum. Nice. Um, nice. I don't know if I was supposed to say that yet, but oh, yeah. well, well, you broke the news <laughs> on the ozone. We appreciate yeah. it. You heard That's it here cool. first. <laughs> That's cool. And now, how have you enjoyed it? I mean, I read that you've been boxing since you were, you know, wrapping Antonio Margarito's hands. So I, <laughs> I, read, I read you've been boxing since you were a, a wee little tyke. Yeah. And now, as an adult, as a champion. What what are, what's the next level? What is it that you you want to do? What do you see for yourself for women's boxing for what you represent the whole nine? Man, um, well, it's been a long journey. I started boxing when I was eight. I'm 25 years old, so um, I've been pro for about seven years. But everything just started to take off like recently because women's boxing was so dead when I first right. turned pro. Like I didn't It's hot now. Oh, it's hot now. It's, it's gonna hot get now. I ran even into hotter. Clarissa down there, I ran into Clarissa Seals down in Miami uh at the fights uh two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. I had a great conversation with her about it. And I think she's doing a great job of moving yeah. it forward and in that in, in the publicity component. Definitely, you know what I mean? Yeah, she's doing a great job. So I just want to continue to I mean I could fight at three different weight classes. So I want all right. the belts at one oh five, all the belts at one oh eight. And oh, 112 is not my natural weight class, but I'm gonna. Keep, Are you gonna stay there? I'm gonna. I'm gonna keep. Is that my belt. what this defense is? Uh, that's 108. Oh, okay. But I'm gonna keep the 112 title that I just uh, won because I would like to also fight at 112. Wow. It seems there. like with the women's it, boxing, it seems like that's more common than it is with the men. It seems like like you have uh, Amanda Serrano who right. you know goes up and down. You got Clarissa who's talking about going from you know basically the heavyweights all the way down to potentially fighting Cecilia Breckas. Mm-hmm. So it's like what what is that? Yeah, and how hard is it to lose the weight or gain the weight? 
Uh, for me, it seems like it'd be harder for you to gain weight. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, that's how like, it looks like. When I first started my uh, career, I first turned pro. Um, I was fighting girl. I didn't have a promoter. So I wasn't fighting very often and I would fight every like eight months. I was like super inactive. Mm. Um, and the promoter was like, you know, it's all about, it's all about money and them trying to save money. So, uh, they're like, Hey, we got this girl, you know, she's, uh, here, here, she's 180 here, pounds. Jump in. <laughs> yeah. Here's her name. <laughs> Basically. So I look her up on box rec and I'm like, me and my team are like, Holy shit. This girl's like a freaking bantam weight. She's right. like at 120 something. Like what is, what is he, what is this guy trying to do? So then, um, you know, they, they're like, basically it's just like a take it or leave it thing. Like, right. You want to fight or you don't, or you don't, you know? So I was going in the ring fighting girls who were like outweighed me by like 20 pounds, 25 pounds. Jeez. And I had the fight. It was crazy. I, I fought this girl, like my fr- fourth pro fight. She came in seven and a half pounds at the weigh-in. At the weigh-in. Jeez. Yeah. So they gave her an hour to lose weight and she lost Seven like- and a half pounds? <laughs> in an hour? The whole world wants to know her diet. <laughs> and like I, I sold tons of tickets and um, I was like, you know what? Like I'm going to fight her. Like, Let's I just do it. I, I know I'm going to win either way. Like doesn't matter how big she is. So mm-hmm. my trainer's like, all right, if you want to do this, we'll do it. So I went in there. I won. But like it just – I didn't get to start my career off fighting at my natural weight class that I should have been fighting at. Got it. Yeah. Now, how many amateur fights did you have before you turned pro? Um, I had over 100 amateur fights with Ooh, wow. five losses. I was, um, man, won over 10 national titles, Junior Olympic Nationals. Wow. Uh, so now, has boxing taking you all over the world? Pretty you, much, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's great. That's, that's one thing <laughs> yeah. I like about my job. And the movies have helped me see the entire world from mm-hmm. as much of it as, I, as I've seen. Uh, on the studio's dime, and I love that. I love when you get to go places to do what you're actually working, but you also get to go, you know, and see stuff. Yeah, definitely. I never would have, I mean, I'm from East L.A., so I never would have been able to see any of that. Same thing with my dad. My dad, my parents were born and raised uh, in Lisa Village, Village Projects in East L.A. Um, That's my what's dad up. Was, uh, you're a real native. <laughs> yeah, my dad was, like, uh, in and out of prison and, like, addicted to drugs, Um Around the time I started boxing is when, like, he really changed his life and, like, was look there for me look to support at, Look me at God. Stuff, He's got to so. be so proud of you. Oh, man. He's That's super great, proud. That's great. You tighten him up. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. You gave him that, something that he needed to, to focus on right. to, to really – wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. So now I was just reading you're on a monster streak. You're on a stoppage streak. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, that had to be pretty – that had to be pretty satisfying for Marla to be talking crazy like that. And then not to be able to get off the stool, uh, right. you know, to come out for that last fight. What uh, you're going to fight now at 108. Can you announce the opponent or you can't announce the opponent? Um, I don't think I can yet. All right. Yeah. All right. So we, <laughs> we keep it low. We, we, you let us know if we need to edit out even the date. Okay. But, you're, but we're just going to call you active. You're the active champ and you're interested <laughs> in it. Um, now, going back to the PEDs, you notice even in the women's boxing, it's popping off. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I I probably fought a few girls who were on PEDs. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. They really you don't, don't know. They really don't test us like they test. That's the what men. I was gonna say. Uh, What's the protocol? What is? It? Do they have a VADA testing? Is it just like whatever? Get on. They have. They most organizations or most promote. Well, actually, most promoters won't want to pay for it because it costs money to right. do the testing. Um. So that's another issue. It's like. Okay, promoters aren't taking women's boxing very seriously because they don't want to pay for their fighters to be tested. Um, wow. 
Now, what what form of PEDs do they use? Uh, is it mostly testosterone for women? Um, or would it just be HGH? It seemed like HGH wouldn't work right for women to use, right? I mean, I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, sound like you're looking for a name brand. <laughs> <laughs> sound like you want to know for, for like yourself. <laughs> I am injured. <laughs> I do need to recover. You're asking too many questions. You sound suspicious. Oh my goodness, that's funny. No, but you know, you had that. You had the scenario that just happened. Uh, that just happened. That, that unfortunate situation where all the girls were saying uh, uh, the the fight against uh, Alejandra Fran- yeah. Jimenez. Yeah, right? that Alejandra. And they were saying that they thought they were implying that she wasn't a woman, and blah blah blah, right. blah blah blah. But then down the road, and and Maurizio Suleiman had a he came out and spoke against that practice. But then down the road, the next couple of days, yeah. <laughs> there was a there was a test that came up dirty that she actually tested positive and cost uh, Franchon. How do you Fran- say Fran- Franchon? Franchon, Franchon cost Franchon her wig and her belt. <laughs> She pushed her wig in with the PDs. <laughs> oh my god! And now, but this is this is what we talk about. We talk about a lot uh, uh, with boxing on the show. We talk about a lot of couple things that we think are important. One is boxing combat sports. You guys are the only ones without a, a, a players' association or a union. Mm-hmm. If you look at any other sport, there's a union which then uniforms rules, uniforms customs, and so on and so forth. Provides health care. You know, blah blah blah. There's none of that in combat sports. You're really on your own for whatever happens yeah, in there. And sucks. in that, there's a, it sucks. And, and you're taking a lot of risk, and it's, it's admirable that you guys are still able to even do that. Right. You know? um, and two, I wanted to know your take on open scoring. Open scoring. Um, I, I, have I- meaning, no, meaning that, that you know the score during the, during <clears throat> the fight. I, I always oh, okay. say that literally boxing is the only sport the combat sports are the only sports where you don't know who's winning. Yeah. I can't imagine going to the park and playing a basketball game and literally the buzzer ends and I lost by 15 and I was like, Oh, I thought I was up. (laughs) This is the only sport. It's the only sport where you don't know. Right. And to me, that whole scenario of, well, that's part of the suspense. You don't know who's going to get the card, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. To me, I don't think that that's worth it for what we see with a lot of these suspect decisions because we're seeing it more and more. That's true. And they actually made a lot of noise about that with the UFC, with John Jones, mm-hmm. with this card. Everybody in the establishment tried to act like, oh, yeah, no, no, clearly you won, champ, blah, blah, blah. Then they heard the crowd booing. They heard everything. And they said, well, we got to get this together. Yeah. We don't want to turn into boxing. Because even right. Joe Rogan wasn't even complaining about it during the fight. He yeah. was talking about he, he was wasn't. pumping it up, how how John Jones could turn it up at any second, how you have to watch out for him and everything, as the dude is destroying him. Mm-hmm. And and then he complained. He was he was adamant. He was upset. Actually, after the fight, he was upset about the scoring. And I, I'm thinking to myself, you, you weren't complaining about it during the fight. Mm-hmm. You guys were trying to lean everybody towards uh, John Jones, who wasn't actually winning the fight. And if you could see the scores, then I just think it, I feel like it's a way for them not to be accountable in a lot of ways. And then it's also a way for them to keep the money under the table. And, you know, yeah. But, and then when you see a lot of these, when you go to the world championship fights, you see a lot of these referees. I don't know what it's like at your fights, how it's been when you fight for the belts. 
man, a lot of these dudes are 100 years old so with Coke see. bottle glasses, <laughs> and they can't even, they're on walkers. Oxygen yeah. tanks. They're, yeah, there's just no chance that you could count on these people to give you the proper decision. No, right, stay yeah. awake. But then, uh, you know, that, that footage came out or whatever about uh, Joe Rogan and watching a ref that wasn't, I mean, a judge that wasn't even watching the fight at one point. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dude, that's right. Yeah. Oh, look at this. She sent me yeah. a DM. <laughs> So, so, I mean, come on, man. But then they also had, they said they had boxing, boxing judges that were scoring that, that, uh, oh, really? Yeah. Which is, oh, I wasn't hip to that. Yeah. That's which is interesting. Crazy. Yeah. That is interesting. Um, doesn't make any sense, right? Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, I was saying that they're different yeah, mm-hmm. disciplines. Well, moving into more into boxing, we got a couple headlines. Friend of the Ozone, family of the Ozone, Sean Porter has come out saying, yeah. Out the side of his mouth, out the side of his <laughs> mouth on this one, I have to say, saying that he doesn't even think Earl Spence is in the top three at welterweight. Said he believes it's him, Pack, and Crawford. And uh, Sean doesn't believe that he lost to Spence. I love Showtime, and I love Kenny. Yeah, but man, both of those. And, and we're supposed to go up with them tomorrow to watch them do, uh, to record up at Fox. But I think Sean is, Sean is speaking with forked tongue right now. <laughs> I don't know how you can say that he didn't win that, how, did how he didn't fight. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the the the. the did, but I do like him though. I love yeah, Sean. He's, he's a, a great, great guy. He's a yeah, great he's a great person. great person. Right. But then he doesn't. Have you don't see a lot of in that the top three in mm-hmm. the. You don't see a lot of that in boxing, unfortunately, because the bravado and right. the, the 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 buffoonery is accoladed. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right. So it's nice to see somebody like Sean succeed. Mm-hmm. But we were at the fight. I I I actually thought Sean was either tied or maybe slightly winning. And that knockdown in the eleventh, which was clutch by by Earl Spence, the knockdown and then the twelfth round took him over the top, in my opinion. I mean, you always have to believe in yourself, so I can understand. But there's nothing wrong with also just being honest when you watch the stuff. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I mean, the forty seven is crowded. I'm very interested to see what Kell Brook does if Kell Brook comes back. Well, he, at, he said that he wants Errol again. I really don't think he wants to smoke now. I don't think he wants no more smoke <laughs> because that yeah. was the best fight. That was that was that the most yeah. underrated fight. I feel like that fight elevated Earl to the real upper echelon. It did, yeah. You know, because he went over there in his backyard and he got hit hard that fight, he man. He sure did. He got hit really hard. Kell Brook hit him hard. And honestly, if Kell Brook hadn't got his eye socket smashed by Triple G a couple months before, I think that he had work. I had said it on the podcast before. I felt like Kell Brook had work for the whole 147-pound division on that side. He just came mm-hmm. back way too quick for, after he taking did. that punishment he did. from Triple G. I agree, yeah. A lot he of people did. don't even give Triple G credit for beating him like that. Which is amazing yeah. because he got hit. I hear a lot of people actually now like really down on Triple G. As if people have been they, down on Triple G. It's unbelievable, right? Yeah, and he's, <laughs> it's and unbelievable. He's a generational talent. That's I boxing, though. That. That's like boxing. Fa- fan, the f- boxing fans are the worst. They're like the the most like just unsupportive. Like they're really fan wagoning. Yeah, 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 yeah. You lose a fight or you look like shit. All of a sudden, it's you're like, nobody. You and you never, not even just you're nobody. You never were any good. Exactly. Like the past <laughs> fights didn't count. Right. Yeah, I remember when Triple G was like on top and everybody loved him. All of a sudden, like people are like, okay, questioning his record, questioning right? his record. And stuff. Right. He fought every single body he that was out there. Everybody. He fought every day, and he couldn't get fights. Yeah. And now I'm hearing how he ran from everybody. I'm, Whatever. Wow. Really. And now everybody. I mean, now everybody still don't want to fight him for the third fight. No. But, yeah. but, <laughs> but but they, they're gonna have to wait till yeah, they're gonna have to wait till he's on the walker fully to, to, <laughs> for it to happen. Judges. But whatever, it is what it is. And, and speaking of which, now they're saying that Canelo and Riota's off. Thank goodness. 
I mean, I, I felt like that had to be from the zone. Right. I can't. I can't imagine Canelo authorizing that fight because I do get the feeling. I, I do feel like Canelo does want to fight the best. I don't believe that anymore. You you knew you lost. You you, you lost the benefit it. of the doubt for him. I don't believe it anymore. I used to believe it. I don't believe it. I still believe it. I mean, I think he cherry picked uh, Kovalev. But besides that, Kovalev's coming back. They're saying uh, for some reason, cruiserweight. <laughs> why? Why is Kovalev coming back at all? You got your twelve and a half million dollars to let the little man beat you up. Now keep it moving. Get get out of here. I, I don't I don't understand Who why he's can coming he back. Fight? Now, uh, that, well, that's the thing. He's moving up to cruiserweight, and he just and got knocked out by a middleweight. He just got knocked out by a but by, by a, 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 a light middleweight, low key, <laughs> right? Because yeah. like a junior middleweight, because because Canelo really seems like his weight is more like fifty seven, fifty four, right. like that right. more so than say a, a solid one sixty. Mm-hmm. But either way it goes, now they're saying he's coming back. He's going to fight anybody up to two hundred pounds, but he's going to come in at one eighty. Thank God for him. Alexander Usyk has moved up to heavyweight because that would be an ugly fight. Really, really ugly. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Boxers are the last people to recognize when it's time to go. But they are saying that Canelo is expected now to fight Billy Joe Saunders or McCall, or, or Callum uh, Smith, Smith which I do believe are both acceptable fights. I still personally don't understand why he just doesn't fight, run the division at one sixty. If he's the baddest man at one sixty, you want to fight the Charlos? I want him just to fight one Charlo. He didn't got to fight both of them. <laughs> <laughs> just, just fight the one that's, get that smoke for one. Just, just fight the one that's, that's the champ at one sixty. Just fight Big Charlo. He got his belt. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he, since he still has a lot of fights left with his zone yeah. contract, he's just trying to get the. Listen, I think it's, big, it's, big, big, early, it's big money. Yeah. If they're going to give me $40 million to go fight somebody in Japan that nobody's ever heard of that you're going to win. Clearly, I'm going I'm to do, do that. Right. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. like just like how he beat up the guy for the first one. The uh, I can't remember his name now. Yeah, uh, Rocky Fielding. Rocky Fielding. He beat up Rocky Fielding for the 168 pound regular belt. First and foremost, they got to get rid of some of these belts. Got to narrow these belts. Yeah, you got to narrow these belts down, John. Boy, Roy Yoda had a had a belt. I got a belt. Yeah, <laughs> Calvin Klein. <laughs> I'm working on the 300 pound Calvin Klein belt. I don't think anybody's going to take it from me. <laughs> I don't know, but, but yeah, but yeah, but you know, there's so many belts. So yeah. if, if this is the route that he's going, I think that he would be able to silence a lot of the detractors by fighting the people with the real belts, the main belts, mm-hmm. at these divisions. I mean, beat up Benavidez if that's what you need to do. Right. Beat up Billy Joe Saunders. Beat up Callum Smith. Beat up Charlo. If that's what it is, that's what we're here to see. Right. You know? And But I'm, they put him in a, a situation now in a position that he can cherry pick his fights. Yes. And how many guys actually – hungry enough to want to go out and fight against that high caliber i can understand in the female pool because it's not that much talent but overall with the guys there's enough talent out there for everybody to have competitive matches and they you, sure are you guys just scraping the bottle bottom of the barrel just to find somebody to get a win from is it's not good for well, the see, but that's why i think I, I don't think it's him because given the idea that the zone has their format in whatever country that they're in Exactly. They're they're working a subscription yeah. package. So if Ryoto is the man in Tokyo, mm-hmm. and just because I don't know him here, but that's going to make more people subscribe to the Zone, then I understand that logic from the Zone and from Canelo. That play at that. I point. understand that play at that I point. I think that's exactly what it is. I don't think Canelo is afraid of anybody. I, me he's neither. a bad me neither. man. Me he's only getting better every fight. He's in his prime right now. Like he's 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 a beast right now. He's the best he's ever been. Um, I but agree. like, but like I said, I think it's the whole DAZN kind of trying to figure out who he should fight 
when that way the strategic the subscribers component. where are they yep uh he yep. fights this guy in japan everybody from japan's gonna subscribe right yep. or, you know, and, and that's what do. you and th- when you sign that contract that's what you're signing up for and you you have to know that no matter then you got to listen to loud mouths like us talk about you fighting the nobody <laughs> you know what i mean which if i had my 375 i really wouldn't care you can say whatever you need to say you know, i'll fight somebody downstairs <laughs> you know, fight what you say guard. exactly <laughs> give me my 40 million buck no dude you're going to prison actually <laughs> can i get my belt <laughs> <laughs> he's got the wilshire belt uh yeah but but there's a lot of interesting fights to be made and speaking of that did you see bob aaron was talking about how he feels like the franchise belts are justified for vasily lomachenko and canelo because of their ability to gain and lose weight and roll. Now, Vasily Lomachenko is about to have his hands full because they're, they said that they're looking at uh, Memorial Day, Memorial Weekend with Teofimo Lopez. That's going to be a good fight. Oh, that's going to be great. He's not going to beat that, him. Lopez is going to beat him. Lopez is real. So. Teofimo yeah. is real. But but every single time that, that you say that, Vasily shows up with his Can't video beat game. Dude doesn't even have 20 fights. <laughs> yeah, well, he's got 743 amateur fights to tell you different, though. <laughs> But uh, but the, but the but the fights he does have have been championship fights, so I can't front on him. But I am happy to see him back in the mix at the highest level because that's critical. It's 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 it, we just can't say enough about fighting the right people. And now, how do you deal with that? With where you are, with the weight that you are in women's boxing, the weight that you are. Um, I feel well as far as the competition, the skill level, um, the lower weight classes, which is the weight classes that I'm at, um, have the most talent in them. Um, it's just being able to fight those world champions like when I want to. Like I will, mm-hmm. I will, this fight I wanted to fight um world champion for 105 pound title so I can have a title in each weight division. Uh-huh. Um, that's but awesome. That that didn't happen. Champ, so, champ, champ. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm defending my title hopefully in May. Like it's just a lot of things as far as like with promote my promoter that you have to uh-huh. work out and stuff like that behind the scenes. But yeah, I mean. And how are you ready, dealing with like, it from the business component? Are you are you happy with – do you feel good? I mean I see you have a sponsorship. Speak about your sponsorship that you have, your clothing sponsorship. I see they got with the winners. Yeah, my clothing sponsorship with Ruka. It's a great company and – Oh, see, now I it. never knew how to say it. I always <laughs> thought it was RVCA. That's why you let me say it. Alex. I thought it was – I, <laughs> like, I was about to yeah, call it. Clothing company. No, I was about to say RVCA. I was confident <laughs> about it. I didn't know it was Ruka. <laughs> it's Ruka. So the V is actually a U. Uh, yeah. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) nice. (laughs) Yeah. It's a, it's an awesome company. I met them, um, about five years ago and, um, man, they're just, they're just good people to work with. Yeah. I, I also got approached by Nike, but like Nike wasn't willing to put up the money, like all they wanted to do is like here merchandise. Give you some clothes. Merchandise. I, what am I going to do? How like how much Nike stuff can I wear? Right. Like I'm not going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You and know, you got to maximize. This is one right. thing that I've learned in my 20 years uh, living and working in the public eye. You have to maximize when you can. And exactly. right now you're hot. People love you. People love to watch you. And get yours. You know what I mean? Yeah. Get yours. Stay focused. And obviously you are. That's why you got multiple belts that are real belts. But right. but get yours while you can. That's how yeah, it works. Definitely. This isn't a. This is not a long-term game. It's you know not, what I mean? Yeah. Definitely you're not going to, 20 years from now, you're not going to be boxing. That's exactly what I say in, like, our negotiating with my fights and stuff and trying to get, like, the pay that I deserve and, like, equal right. pay. Is that, you know, every promoter is going to have a fighter right after the next one. There's another one and another one and another one. 
And you got one fighters client. only have one career. It's That's like it. I gotta you got one client. Make the best you. decisions for myself. And as far as being paid equally and stuff like that, that's like the most, that's like the biggest struggle um, right now in the sport is just being paid equally in what I deserve. hundred mm-hmm. yeah. percent. And you know, I spoke to Clarissa about that when we were down in Miami and I think that the demand has to be made. Mm-hmm. It's 2020. Right. The demand has to be made for what you bring to the table. Exactly. Now, in every business, they're always going to try to make you believe that you're worth less than you are worth. That's just the principle of business because they want to make mm. the most money that they can. But ultimately, the old adage is is that you are you are worth what you accept, and exactly. it's the truth in the matter. Yeah, you know, and and it's time to prosper. Yeah, you know? uh, and I feel like, um, you know, we, like equal pay and getting paid what you deserve isn't going to change for women's boxing for everybody because not everybody is right that's it not everybody's the champ exactly not everybody is like capable of just being able to ask for that amount and stuff it's leverage you have to have the leverage to make women and it's about you know but at least those those top females who do have a following and who are very skilled and have you know um marketing ability and stuff like that should be getting what they deserve now do do they look in your contracts at all your social media media following or anything like that um i know they use a lot of businesses are using that as a model and contracts with boxing they don't do that but they know that that matters for Mm -hmm. sure for sure because i was like i I was selling i had a, a big fan base and and was selling a lot of tickets to my fights um before I signed with Golden Boy, when I was fighting on Tom Loeffler's cards. Yeah, I that's the first. That's the first time where mm. we saw you. I yeah. think you were there at the Avalon when when oh, he was okay. when he was up there. I do believe when he was doing his Hollywood fight nights, right? No, I didn't fight there. Ah, oh, I fought okay. at the Forum like four times. Oh, that, that's what it was on the super yeah. uh, the super yeah. fly. Super fly yeah. on the super fly. That's and where it was. Triple G mm. cards. So yeah, um, when he broke your boy's back yeah. that time. That's where we saw you. What? Yeah, with Triple G broke that cat's back. That when he hit that guy, he oh, knocked him right. out with the body yeah. shot. Oh man, devastated! And the whole stadium. The whole time, quiet. Oh, my, oh, my goodness! Yeah. My goodness! Wow, that was crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> Willie Monroe, I think Willie, it was. Willie Monroe, yeah, Willie yeah, Monroe, right. yeah. I think that was that the was Monroe fight. Man, wow, yeah, that's where it was. That's where yeah. it was. So even back then, you know, so being so signing with Golden Boy, like they knew I had that following in, in LA, and like obviously with the big promoter behind me, it would grow. Um, you know, across the nation, hopefully across the world and stuff. So mm-hmm. that's it. You just have to keep pushing it. Yeah, that's it. One step in front of the other. Well, it's been a fantastic edition of the Ozone. You have anything else you want to offer? Anything else you want to you want to talk about with the, to let people know about you? Where they can find you? You told them already. They can find you online. Um, the, the people come to watch you work out. What's the what? How does it work? Um, actually, yeah, I'm going to be having a. Open workouts nice. that I'll be announcing, right. and it'll also be the grand opening of our new gym. We have like a private gym, so um, what city? But in the city of Bell Gardens. Okay, yeah. So um, I'll be having an open workout, and then people can come and sign up, join the gym. So yeah, there it is. We'll keep an eye on her on social media, on Instagram. We'll definitely we'll put out posts with your you know you can share it, people can share it, and people know where you are. Cool. All Thank good. You. Thank you so much for coming. Thank I, you. I really appreciate it. Going to leave you with a quote from uh, from an American hero, if you will, from Franklin D. Roosevelt, folks. And it is that competition has been shown useful up to a certain point and no further. But cooperation, which is the thing we must strive for today, begins where competition leaves off. I'm your host, Omar Miller, folks. This is the Ozone. Remember, we're all in this thing together, so treat each other well and as you would want to be treated. This is... 
the ozone. Ozone.